Thank you so much for being here. Happy Mother's Day. I'm excited and honored and nervous <laughs> to have this opportunity to share with you today. Uh, last Mother's Day, I got the privilege of sharing the message, but we were online only. <laughs> and so it was much different than looking out and seeing your beautiful yet scary faces. <laughs> so y'all pray for me as we uh, dive into God's word today. I'm excited. Um, this is a beautiful day to celebrate, beautiful reason to celebrate mothers. I'm so thankful for my mom. I have an incredible mother-in-law and uh, have the beautiful gift of being a mom myself. And so lots to celebrate today, but we're going to dive right into the word. The title of today's message and what I feel like I want to share with you is this is the day. And so our text is going to come out of Psalm chapter 118. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with us. If not, it'll be on the screen as well. But the key verse that we're going to look at today is Psalm 118, verse 24. And you're probably familiar with this verse. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. I've heard that verse a lot growing up. I grew up in a charismatic church, and I think every time we came together for church, I heard this verse. <laughs> the worship team would come up on the platform, and the worship pastor would take the microphone, and he would usually say something like, this is the day the Lord has made. Come on, church, let's rejoice and be glad in it. Let's worship together. There was an excitement that came along with this verse. But for many years, I thought of this verse just in reference to church day. This is the day, this church day, this Sunday, this first Thursday, this Wednesday that we come together in God's house for church. This is the day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice in this day. And it wasn't until recently I was reading through this passage again, and I realized that what we know as church and what the psalmist David, who wrote this verse, knew as church all those years ago, look very different. Church as we know it looks nothing like church was back then, right? And when we think about it, what we do here at church on Sundays, yes, it's important. Yes, it's awesome. I love it. I am so excited to come here every Sunday and be together with you because I get strength from coming here and seeing your faces and hugging your necks. And, and you encourage me every week. We pray together. We read the word together. We're encouraged by Pastor Nathan every week. Aren't you thankful for your pastor? I forgot to say that. I meant to say a bunch of really amazing things about him when I came up here, but I'm nervous, so excuse me. <laughs> I love you. You are incredible. But I love Sundays. Last year, during the quarantine, we all kind of got a taste of what it was like to have that taken away from us, to not be able to come together for worship. But when we think about our lives as Christians, what we do here on Sundays and when we come together for church it's just a really, really small part of what it means to be a Christ follower, right? If somebody was to ask you what it means to be a Christian, I hope that your response wouldn't start off with, well, we go to church every Sunday, <laughs> because that's a really, really shallow part of what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus. What we do here is just a small part. What our lives look like in relationship with Jesus is daily surrender to him 
daily choosing to go into his word and to read what he's telling us, to gather strength from his word, daily communion with him, having daily habits in our lives that help to strengthen and bring integrity to who we are. It's daily. And there are some habits from the word of God. They're also known as spiritual disciplines. And maybe you're like me, you've heard about spiritual disciplines. Pastor Nathan has taught on spiritual disciplines. And I'm smart enough that I could put two and two together and figure out what spiritual disciplines are. But I had never taken the time to really look at God's word and, and, and study and see what spiritual disciplines were. And theologians have come up with this list of 12 spiritual disciplines. And basically it's habits that we should have incorporated into our lives on a daily basis that will help to strengthen our spirit life. We're spirits who live in a body and have a soul, right? So every day we've got to be doing things that strengthen our spirit man, our spirit woman, who we are on the inside, that relationship with Jesus Christ. And they're called spiritual disciplines. And they have this list, and there's 12 things on this list, 12 habits. We're not going to go through them today. But you can probably guess what some of them are, right? Prayer, that's a pretty big one that you can guess. Worship, service to others. Those are all spiritual disciplines that we should be doing every day to strengthen our spirit life. But there's this last spiritual discipline on this list that really struck a chord with me, and it's celebration. Celebration. I love to celebrate I love to have a party. I love to decorate for parties. I love to plan for parties. I love to buy things for parties and make a guest list. I love celebrating. And a lot of times when we think about celebration, we think about happy occasions, right? We think about the things that we want to buy stuff for. We think about baby showers and birthdays and graduation celebrations, promotions, happy things. But celebration is not just meant for happy moments. And that's why it's a spiritual discipline. And that's what David was giving us in this verse, a spiritual discipline for our lives. Because when we practice the discipline of celebration on a daily basis, it actually helps to build our lives. It helps to build who we are. What you choose to celebrate, you emulate. And that's just a fancy way of saying that what we celebrate, people want to do. When we celebrate something, people like that. People like to be celebrated. Do you like to be celebrated? Anybody in here? Come on, ladies. You love it when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, girl, you look great. You've got to have lost weight. You look amazing. And you're like, yes, every morning on the Peloton is paying off. They noticed I was celebrated. Celebration. We like to be celebrated. That's why they have things like Employee of the Month program, right? Because people like to be celebrated, and so employers know that, and they have this list of habits that they want their employees to have, and so they have all these things that you should strive to do in order to win this celebration of employee of the month. They know that people want to be celebrated, and so they put out this goal, you've got to do this, 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 and this to be celebrated, because they know that people will start to do those things, and then hopefully those things will become habit in their life, and they'll be like that on a daily basis. They'll show up to work on time. They'll meet their quotas. We want to do what's celebrated. Our son Asa, 
is five. I know you hear about him a lot from my husband, but mama's got the mic today, so (laughs) you're going to hear a little bit more about him. Last week, he turned five. And let me tell you, the last five years have been a party. (laughs) We have celebrated. It took us several years to be able to have him. And so from the time that we found out we were pregnant, man, we, we celebrated. We celebrated with the ultrasounds. We celebrated every time we felt him kick inside of my belly. We celebrated when he was born. We celebrated the first smile. I am that mom. You can go on my social media right now and find a picture of his first smile. Yes, it was probably gas, but I celebrated it because I love him, and I was so excited to see that smile in person, and I was so excited that he was here, and I celebrate who he is. We celebrate the little things that he does, the milestones in his life. We celebrate mostly because we love him, but because we want to help build his life too. Celebration not only helps to build our lives when we celebrate, but it helps to build the lives of those around us who we're celebrating. And so now that he's five, we're celebrating different things. We celebrate things like when he picks up his toys off of the living room floor without being told. We celebrate when he brushes his teeth before bedtime without having to be reminded. We're celebrating things that may seem simple and silly to other people, but we're celebrating them because we want them to become habits in his life. And he knows that when we celebrate something, he likes that. And so we're trying to celebrate the things that we want to see him do more. We're doing that now to help build his life so that he's not 45 years old and I'm yelling at him to pick up his dirty underwear off of the bathroom floor, right? We celebrate to help build lives, to help build our lives, to help build the lives of those around us. Celebration builds. You know, we read this text in Psalm 118 and we think, man, David must have been having a pretty good day to write something like, this is the day the Lord has made. That's how I picture him writing this at least. If he was saying it to us, I think there would be excitement there. But the reality is, is that David was not having a good day. David was not in a good season of his life. David was actually in a really low season, according to theologians. And and he was in a place where his back was up against the wall. He was in a dark place, a lonely place. And so to me, that's even more important about the scripture because it tells us that David wasn't telling us and and, and saying this out of a response to something good, a response to a good day. But what David was doing was showing us a spiritual discipline and celebration. He was saying, you know what? Life doesn't look good right now. I'm in a bad place. I'm in a dark place. But I'm going to choose today to celebrate. I'm going to choose to say this is the day that the Lord has made. So I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. Celebration is a choice that we make. It's not a response to something. It's a choice. And it's not something that you should wait to do. Celebration isn't something you should wait to do until you have everything in line. It's not something you should wait to do until you hit that big milestone. right? We celebrate weddings a lot. But I think we should be more intentional about celebrating the anniversaries. Like, hey, babe, we made it. We're, we're celebrating 12 years together next Sunday. And we're celebrating. But we should be intentional about celebrating these moments. Not waiting till the big ones. Not waiting till we've been married 25 years to take that trip. Let's take that trip now. Let's celebrate now because this is the day. Celebrate. Don't wait until you've saved up enough money to do it or until you have everything perfect in your life. Celebrate each day. Find something to celebrate every day. A celebration is needed 
even when things aren't going well. Celebration is needed on the hard days, in the crossroads of life, when you're in crisis, when you're in questions, when you're afraid and you don't know what tomorrow will hold. That's when celebration is really important. And that's what David was saying. He said, even though things don't look right on the outside, I'm going to choose today to celebrate. Because when we do that, celebration helps to build our lives. And not only does it help to build our lives, but it builds hope. And David knew that. Romans 12.12 says, rejoice in hope. Celebrate in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Yes, tribulations are going to come. Trials are going to come. Bad days are going to come. And you may feel like they've been coming and coming and coming and they're not letting up. But he says rejoice in hope. There's something special that happens when we rejoice and when we celebrate. It builds our hope. The verse right after our key verse, Psalm 118, verse 25, David says, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. We see that same phrase again when Jesus comes. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. A festal procession was basically just a celebration. David was celebrating. He says, you are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Why was David looking forward to the day that Jesus came? He was writing this before that time. Well, I think it was because he was gathering hope in his now with the promise of the future. See, hope is not always just about the future. We look to the future and we gather hope. We look to Jesus and we gather hope. But it's not all about the future. It's about gathering hope for our now. Gathering that hope so that we can take that next step, so that we can get out of bed this morning. It's gathering hope for now by looking at the promise that God has given us. And David was looking at the promise that Jesus would come and that all of the scriptures would be fulfilled. God sent his son Jesus to bring us hope in every season of our lives, that we could have hope because of Jesus. And so David was gathering that hope so that he could live now in, in the moment where things weren't right, things weren't going good, but so that he could take that next step and make it through that time because he knew the promise of the future. Our celebration shows where our hope is placed. And so as we celebrate in who Jesus is and his goodness and his faithfulness to us, if we celebrate that we know that he said he would one day return for his bride, that's you and me, and that he's going to take us home to be with him. And what does it say? That when we get over there, there will be no more sickness, no more tears, no more death or dying, no more sadness. Come on, does that give anybody hope in this place? We have hope of a future in Jesus, a hope of a better tomorrow. And David knew that. And he knew that as he celebrated in who Jesus is and in his promises and in his faithfulness, that that would build up his life and his hope, and it would help him to make it through another day. Celebration builds hope. We've got to celebrate. Even when we don't feel like it, we've got to celebrate. We've got to look around and find something good in our lives to celebrate. Amen.
It's important to celebrate. Celebrate who Jesus is. You don't have to celebrate your circumstance or your life or your job, but you have to celebrate who Jesus is. He is our hope. He is our foundation. And when trials come, when bad days come, because they will, we've got to celebrate who he is and stand firm on who he is. Celebration builds joy. Psalm 118, verse 15, David says, Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. That's a pretty serious statement for David to say. We know that he wasn't in a a happy time of his life, but that's serious for him to say, I will not die, but I will live and proclaim the works of the Lord. Y'all, if we think that there are not people in our lives and people in this room even right now that are struggling with the reality of life and death, that they have a battle going on in their minds and in their hearts, then we are sadly mistaken. It's a reality, and David knew this, and David was even in that moment, and what he was showing us is that even in those moments, you can look to God, and you can draw hope, and you can draw joy. Shouts of joy and victory resound. In another verse in Psalm 118, he says that you are my strength and my song and my salvation. He's talking about the Lord. Joy comes when we celebrate, but joy can be deceiving, especially with social media, right? (laughs) We can look at somebody else and think, man, they are so joyful and so happy all the time. I bet their kids go to bed early and always obey, and they probably sleep in in the mornings and bring them coffee in bed, and I bet they never argue husband and wives, never argue. They probably get along. He's so sweet to her. She's so sweet to him. Joy can be deceiving, but here's why joy is deceiving is because joy is a choice. I look around this room right now, and I see people in here who have every reason to stay in their bed in a fetal position and never get out. You've had things happen to you. Life has happened to you. We live in a fallen world. And because of that, bad things happen. But you're here every week with a smile on your face and with your hands lifted high in worship because you've chosen joy. Because you found out the secret to this life, and that's that you can choose joy every day. You can choose to wake up and pick up joy. Come on, there's a verse in Nehemiah 8, verse 10. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When you choose to pick up joy and walk in joy, regardless of your circumstance or situation, you are picking up joy. And if we don't choose to pick up joy, then we're choosing to walk in weakness. And basically, we're saying, hey, devil, (laughs) I'm weak. Come at me. What you got? But when we choose to pick up the joy of the Lord and choose to look around and find the goodness of God and choose to be happy in who he is, not in what's going on around us, but in who he is, then we're strengthened. 
And then we can say, hey, devil, I've got the joy of the Lord. It's my strength. Jesus is on my side. What do you have for me today? Because I'm walking in strength. I'm walking in victory. I'm walking in Jesus. Jesus is our strength and our joy. And the more that we choose to pick up that joy and to be grateful, then the stronger that we get. It's just like working out, pumping iron. The more you do it, the stronger you get. Well, the more you choose to wake up every day and say, all right, God, nothing has changed in my situation. I've still got to go to that same job that I don't like and be with those same people that I don't like and come home and eat the same leftovers that I didn't even like last night when I ate them. Nothing has changed, but God, I'm going to choose to say this is the day that you have made. I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose to look around and say, God, you are faithful. God, you are good. And I'm going to walk in your strength and in your joy today. Today will be a good day. He's our joy. And as we celebrate, it builds joy in our lives and it builds joy in the people around us. It's hard to be around somebody who is joyful and not either get frustrated Or let that joy rub off on you a little bit, right? Joy is contagious. To excel in anything in our life, discipline is required. And celebration is a spiritual discipline. And so if we want to excel in the spirit life, if we want to live a life of abundance like Jesus said we could have, then we've got to celebrate every day. Celebration is woven into every other spiritual discipline. It's hard to pray and not celebrate. It's hard to serve others and not celebrate the faithfulness and goodness of God. It's hard to worship and not celebrate. Come on, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, my soul cries hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. It's hard to not celebrate, even in these other spiritual disciplines. And so when we're doing these things on a daily basis, celebration is going to become a part of that. David starts and ends Psalm chapter 118 with the same verse. It says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. He starts it and ends it that way, a call to thanks, a call to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Did you know that Psalm 118, if you open up your Bibles to it, it's about halfway through the Bible. That may seem silly to you, but I like little signs like that because to me that was a reminder that celebration is important even in the middle because it's easy to celebrate at the beginning of things, right? When we have all the hope and vision of something new that's to come, it's easy to celebrate what God is going to do. We have hope and excitement, and it's easy to celebrate at the end of something, right? We look back on our success And we feel accomplished. It's easy to celebrate in those times. But when it's not so easy to celebrate is when we're in the middle, right? When you're walking through the middle of that nasty divorce. When you're walking through the middle of that diagnosis. When you're walking through the middle of motherhood. (laughs) That was supposed to be funny. (laughs) 
I haven't had much sleep this week. I don't know if God was testing me or what, but our son got sick Sunday night, and man, it has been a week at our house, but thank God he is healthy. (laughs) Where was I at? (laughs) It's hard to celebrate in the middle. It's hard to celebrate in the middle of a sleepless night, in the middle of your work week, in the middle of whatever it is that you're facing or doing, in the middle of our lives. It's hard to celebrate, but David was reminding us with a spiritual discipline that when we celebrate, it builds our lives, it builds our hope, it builds joy, even in the middle. Romans 8:28, he says that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. All the things, even right now in the middle, the good things, the bad things, he's working them together for your good and for his glory. And that's a reason to celebrate even in the middle, even when you don't feel it. There's a couple of things to remember when we're celebrating. The first thing is that my celebration may look different than your celebration, and that's okay. See, Nathan and I have been married for 12 years, and it's taken me a long time to realize that the way that I like to celebrate is a little different than the way that he likes to celebrate. He comes home and tells me, you know, hey, I got a promotion at work, and I'm over there, like, looking up the number for the Civic Center, planning a guest list. We're going to throw a big party and invite everybody, and he's over there on the phone trying to make a reservation for dinner for two. Like, our ideas of celebration are a little different, but it doesn't make what we're celebrating any less significant. The way that he chooses to celebrate and the way that I choose to celebrate, it doesn't mean that it's any less significant the way that he celebrates. It just means that it's personal. Our celebrations are personal. It's like worship. My outward expression of worship may look different than your outward expression of worship. And that doesn't mean that I worship any better than you worship or that God loves your worship any more than he loves my worship because it's personal. A celebration is personal. It doesn't have to look like everybody else's celebration. When you celebrate that anniversary, and you don't get to take that big, elaborate trip to Tahiti or wherever, it doesn't mean that your anniversary or that your marriage is any less significant than theirs. It just means that you celebrate different. And that's okay. We've got to remember that as we celebrate, is that it's not about the outward expression of the celebration. It's about the spiritual discipline of celebration. It's a matter of our heart. And when we do it for the right reasons and we're not doing it for the show or the glitz or the glamour or the accolades, we're doing it because, God, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and celebrate in this day. There's power that comes when we do that. The second thing to remember is that I celebrate who God is and not just what God does. It's easy to celebrate what God does. It's easy to celebrate when the miracle happens. But what's even more disciplined and harder to walk out is when we celebrate even when God doesn't do the miracle. Even when things don't turn out the way that we think they should or the way that we prayed for them to turn out. When we celebrate in that time, we're celebrating who God is and not just what God does. David started and ended that psalm with give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. What David was doing was he was reminding his soul 
that this circumstance, this situation, this season of life that I'm in right now, it won't endure forever. But what will endure forever is the faithful love of Jesus. And so I'm going to give thanks to the Lord because his love endures forever. Even the good days won't last forever. So we've got to focus on who God is and not just what he does. Remind ourselves of his love, his mercy, his goodness, his faithfulness, because that is what will endure. That's what lasts. Faith, hope, and love will endure, but the greatest of these is love. Psalm 145, verse 16. It's talking about God, and it says, You opened your hand. You satisfied the desire of every living thing. You opened your hand. You satisfied the desire of every living thing. That's God's posture to you and I. An open hand to satisfy you and me. Not always with what we pray for, not always with what we hope for, but he satisfies our soul with what we need. As the band comes back up this morning, I would ask you, what is your posture towards God? Are you living life with a clenched fist? Trying to work things out in your own strength in the way that you think that they should be worked out? Trying to hold on to everything that maybe God is saying, you got to let go? Or are you living life like this? Saying, God, I surrender to you. I surrender my life to you. The good, the bad, the unknown, the day-to-day, the mundane. Are you living like this or are you living in surrender to him? Because each day is a gift from God. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised anything past what we have today. Each day brings new grace and new opportunity. And that's why every day we've got to get up and we've got to say, God, this is the day that you have given me. I've got new grace. I've got new opportunity. I've got new mercies for today. And I'm going to choose to celebrate and rejoice in who you are. Not in what you can do. Not in what you've done in the past. But I'm going to rejoice in who you are. Because you are good. And I don't want to miss out on what you're doing. See, God is always doing more than what we can see. He's always working behind the scenes. In ways that we don't see and we don't know. In ways that we can't even understand. It's so important to celebrate because celebration is a transformative experience. It's hard to celebrate with a clenched fist, right? But when we begin to open up that hand and surrender to him, it's easier to worship. It's easier to celebrate. Celebration transforms you from the inside out. That's why it's a discipline. Celebration isn't all about hooray and balloons 
happy times. But as you open up your hands and surrender to him, he'll give you beauty for ashes. He'll give you joy for mourning. He'll give you praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's what happens. It's a transformative experience when we open up our hands and say, God, I surrender to you. God, I choose this day to celebrate who you are. In the good days and in the bad days, I choose to say that you are good, that this is the day that you have made. And I will rejoice and I will be glad in this day because what I'm walking through right now won't endure. It won't last forever, but your faithful love will last forever. And the more that we do that, the more that his love and his joy will strengthen our lives and build our lives. Celebration is so important. That's one of the reasons we can't forsake this right here, coming together to worship. Because we may have a heavy heart and a dark cloud when we walk into this room, but as we begin to celebrate the goodness of God together, that weight begins to fall. Those chains begin to fall. That dark clouds begin to move to the side. And the sun begins to shine because he is good. And his love does endure forever. Celebration is a transformative experience, but it's a choice that we have to make every day. We've got to choose. This is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in this day. I will choose to celebrate what you've done. As we close today, I'd ask that you bow your heads. Father, I just thank you so much for this day. This is the day that you have made. Lord, I thank you for your mercies that are new this day. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, I thank you that we can look to your word and find so many promises of who you are and of your faithfulness to us. And as we celebrate who you are, that you transform us from the inside out that you take what we have to give to you, what we're laying down at the altar, and, and you give us what we need in return. As we lay down our brokenness and our heaviness, God, you give us joy. As we lay down our mourning, you give us beauty and praise for our heaviness. God, I thank you that you're faithful. God, I thank you that because of you, because of your son Jesus and the sacrifice that he made, that I can celebrate every day in every season of my life. And Lord, I just pray for every person that's here today. God, that we would begin to understand and lean into the strength that can come when we practice the spiritual discipline of celebration every day in our lives when we celebrate who you are. God, I pray that we would begin to see the transformation happen in our own lives and in the lives of those around us. God, that as we celebrate you, as we're strengthened with joy, 
God, that you would do great things in our lives. In this moment right now, God, we just surrender to you. If you'll just take your hand and stretch it out. This is just a sign of surrender. God, I don't want to live life with a clenched fist. I don't want to live life trying to work things out on my own or trying to understand things on my own. I want to live life and surrender to you. So in this moment, God, right here, right now, I surrender. And I choose to say, this is the day, every day. God, let me wake up and say, this is the day. Multiple times throughout the day, let me remind my soul, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in who he is. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're good. I thank you that you love us. And Lord, if there's anybody here today who doesn't know you and doesn't know about this faithful love that we're talking about, God, I pray that today, right now in this moment, that they would just surrender their heart to you. That they would choose this day to accept you into their lives. And that from this day forward, we would walk in victory and in strength. God, we love you so much. We praise you in your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.